Welcome to the Adoption Connection Podcast, where we share resources by and for adoptive and foster moms. I'm Lisa Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum. Don't worry, we get it, and we're here for you. Today is a Mentor Moments episode, where we answer a listener question. These episodes give you a chance to join the conversation and guarantee we're providing the most helpful tools and resources for exactly where you are. This week's question is, we just adopted a 21-month-old boy from a family member, and he doesn't speak yet, screams, cries, doesn't have any boundaries, etc. What are a couple tips to get him communicating better? Well, first of all, I can imagine this probably feels like a bit of a shock, given that you have an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old. Your home has probably changed dramatically in terms of noise and activity and exhaustion. So first of all, we recognize that. Secondly, we want to kind of talk about the fact that a child's chronological age may be drastically different from their actual developmental age when they have come from um, adversity, neglect, abuse. So although he may be 21 months old, developmentally, he may be significantly younger than that. And he may appear developmentally appropriate in a lot of things, like maybe physically, he's able to do a lot of things that a 21-month-old can do. But in terms of emotional regulation, he may be developmentally much, much younger. So that's the first thing I would think about as you're trying to figure out how to manage these behaviors. Yeah, I think we're going to get to some really practical things in a second, but I think the other thing just to lay some of the foundational groundwork also is with those expectations, just remembering that especially if he is transitioning into your family, that that transition time is really hard, but also that this, we know that this is a season, especially for this age group, you know, that even developmentally appropriate toddlers who haven't come from hard places are struggling to manage their own emotions and kind of get a hold on of that anyway. And a lot of times that two and three-year-old space can feel like it's never going to end. The days are very, very long, but it's not going to last forever. And so just knowing that this is a little bit to be expected, um, but sometimes when we can remember that there's a beginning to the stage and then also an end, that helps us mentally kind of get through uh, when some of this stuff is kind of inevitable. But even though some of it's inevitable, there are a couple really practical things that we can do to support our kids who are not yet verbal enough to tell us what their needs are. So one really simple thing that we did with all of our younger kids was baby sign language. You know, maybe, and maybe you don't even need to do the official baby sign language, but maybe you could teach him just a few signs that would reduce some of his frustration of you know, his inability to communicate, you know, maybe if he could learn how to sign more or eat or simple, simple things or that he needs a drink, that um, that would reduce some of his frustration. It's really pretty fun. I mean, maybe you already did it with your, with your younger kids, but that's something that the siblings can join in on the fun with is teaching the baby some of these signs and hopefully helping to reduce some of his frustration once he can communicate a little bit better. Yeah, we used sign language a lot with our kids. It had multiple benefits besides decreasing the amount of kind of just yelling and crazy stuff that our toddlers were doing. 
it also gave us a way to communicate to them like across crowded rooms without having to be the yelling crazy parents and things like that. So, you know, we learned, uh, taught them basic signs like more and please and eat, drink and things like that. But then we also taught them like stop now (laughs) in sign language. (laughs) So uh, it has benefits all the way around. Another thing I would do is really try to run ahead of the need. So what I mean by that is watch for his sort of his patterns. When is he most frustrated? When does he scream the most? And then if you can figure those things out, you can begin to anticipate that need and try to preempt it so that he doesn't even get to that point, that point of dysregulation and screaming and crying. If before dinner time he's freaked out and he's falling apart, maybe the thing to do is before the family even sits down, you pop him into a high chair and you give him some food and then you gather the rest of the family and start dinner because that way he doesn't have to go through that, am I going to eat? Am I going to eat? Am I going to eat? You know, am I going to feel better? Are they going to remember me? You know, whatever the fears are in his little brain, you're going to run ahead of those fears and meet that need before it turns into emotional dysregulation. Yeah, I think something else that's really important is recognizing just the whole regulation piece, right? So we can't force our kids to speak. We can't, you know, just gift them communication skills. Uh, But we can we also can't give them regulation skills, but we can also kind of tackle this problem from both ways, the communication way, but also the regulation way. Um, and so, you know, Robin Goebel talked about this in her episode. Uh, I'll have to look at what it is and we'll put it in the show notes because I can't remember, but she talked about regulating through sensory play and rhythm things. So filling his world and enriching it with things that are repetitive and rhythmic and relational all those R's get you regulation over time. And they're going to help that part of the brain that may be asynchronous to his chronological age catch up. And so those are things that toddlers love to do anyway. They're things like jumping and swinging and rolling balls back and forth. And then kind of when all else fails, buy a really good pair of noise canceling headphones to drown out the screams. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa. Well, I hear what you're saying because if the noise makes you feel dysregulated, your child's not going to be able to regulate any better. You know, we have to stay calm in order to help regulate our kids. So, you know, we do what we have to do. I think another really important thing, I don't know how big he is, but even if he's fairly big, I would try to wear him as much as possible, wear him on your body because that will potentially dramatically reduce a lot of the needs right there. He won't need to get your attention so much because he's on your back and um, he'll have the closeness. It also, you know how we see moms and we've done so much, you're holding your child and you're kind of bouncing up and down, just gently bouncing up and down. When a child's on your back, you find yourself swaying back and forth. You find yourself bouncing up and down while you're doing things. So they're getting that rhythmic, repetitive and relational activity right there with you wearing them on their back. Take them for a walk, do whatever you need. But I think it's another way of meeting the need before it becomes even a need that he has to express because he is so close in proximity to you. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope that helps. If you have a question that you would like us to address during a Mentor Moments episode, you can call it in to our listener hotline. No one picks up. You can call it 24-7. The number is 208-741-3880. If you would like private coaching services, 
we would love to gift you with a free 30 minute behavior strategy session. You can sign up for that at theadoptionconnection.com slash services. Before you go, we'd love to connect with you on social media. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram as The Adoption Connection. Thanks so much for listening. We love having you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a quick review over on iTunes. It will help us reach more moms who may be feeling alone. And remember, until next week, you're a good mom doing good work, and we're here for you. The music for the podcast is called New Day and was created by Lee Rosevere.